either one of these any good? I don't watch movies. Well, have you heard anything about either one of them? I find it's best to stay out of other people's affairs. You mean you haven't heard anybody say anything about either one of these? Nope. Well, what about these two? Well, they suck. In this lesson, I'd like to go over words and expressions you can use when you discuss movies with other people. I know everybody loves movies. I love movies. I'm sure you love movies. And there's lots of words that have to do with movies that you might not be familiar with, but they're very good to know if you want to talk about movies with your friends or whoever. No way. Yes way, Ted! Oh, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but um, you know, I've been thinking recently that you know, maybe um, allowing giant digital media corporations to exploit the neurochemical drama of our children for profit. You know, maybe that was uh, a bad call by us. Welcome to uh, whatever this is. And, and a warning, um, I can already sort of tell that the special is going to be a little all over the place, so don't expect incredibly smooth transition. If you'd have told me a year ago that I'd be locked inside of my home, I would have told you a year ago, interesting, now leave me alone. Sorry that I look like a mess. Can anyone shut the fuck up about any about any any single thing can any single person shut the fuck up about any single thing for an hour you know is that is that possible and i know you're thinking you're not shutting the fuck up right now and that's true but but look i made you some content last phone call was still on my Skype app. It had been almost a year now, and I was like, bro, they've been going this long? Like, I know that y'all had the year episode not that long ago, but it was still just like, it really set in then. I was like, fuck yeah. They're still going strong. It's getting better. The real shit is building and becoming more. I mean, this whole deal coming on of October and the movie watch fest. I mean, bro. We love having you around, man. And we want to make sure we give you props, man. gonna be able to chop a movie up every night for 30 that dude you're it's like the simpsons thing i don't i don't know how you do this <laughs> like like when charlie's gonna do something he just does it there's no like nah man i'm tired nah uh-uh it's that's that's called commitment sir
I just want it to be the best thing that could possibly be. You like have a, a calendar for it, or is it- are you gonna do the pod and watch that? That's gonna be a lot, bro. Well, that's why I had to forego the bracket, man. Like I, I couldn't, ah, I couldn't okay. do all that. So, okay. so yeah. So this will be the first year, and I want to say five years. We we haven't had a Halloween horror bracket. Ah. So we're like breaking. You know? I'm, I'm all I'm all about breaking through that ceiling, going to yeah. the next thing. Like like what 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 else? Well, we do? yeah. I was gonna say you got to switch it up. You got to stay fresh. You got to do new shit. Where do you live, Nasty Nate? I am currently resonating in Decatur. Okay. Like, I came to Fort Worth probably, I don't know, two years ago or so, and it was just like a new world. We appreciate your time, dude. Decatur is like northwest of Denton, right? Where the hell is it? That's 287 North, baby. Yeah, yeah. way up yeah. there, right? I, I work in Arlington. God I love damn. the people, I love my job, and they pay me okay enough that it's all right. Well, what's funny is, is I'm currently having, like, car problems, and I'm like, God, to have a car, I have to commute that far every damn day. Man, I feel for you, dude. I have to take care of my nasty wagon, because it's... <laughs> I got an 04 vibe, and everybody I've ever talked to about vibes are like, they're shit cars, and I'm like, oh, this, this baby's trucking. <laughs> she keeps going, and I'm going to keep loving her. You guys just want to go ahead and go? Yeah, y'all, y'all ready to do this? Yeah, do it. Give me a second. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spitting the Real Shit, uh, the only weekly movie podcast made exclusively by, for, and about the online Facebook group, The Real Shit. Uh, you are catching us on a very special day because this is our 49th episode ever. And with this episode, we trudge back into the murky waters of Netflix and talk about one of the most recognizable pieces of post-COVID comedy since the lockdown. Bo Burnham's 2021 release, Inside. Shot, edited, written, starring, and directed by the man himself. We talk the appeal, mindset, and inspiration of this tiny sliver of art in a world gone mad. And we also curate our own double features starring stand-up comedians, give a bracket update, and discuss some exciting future TRS plans. My name is Charlie Thompson, founder, administrator, and bracket master of The Real Shit. And joining me, as always, is my co-host and fellow administrator, the midnight movie maniac himself, Rylan Johnson. What's going on, man? Don't overthink this. Look in my eyes. Don't be scared. Don't be shy. Come on in. The real shit's fine. How was that, dude? That's my uh, singing voice, which is awful. So I apologize. That's all I got. I mean, welcome to 49, baby. We got we got one more till 50. Whoa, what? And our boy Nasty Nate's on the show. It's been almost a year, Nate. The one, the only Nasty Nate Green. Do you know who you're dealing with? Kill Nasty Nate. It's my bitch. Anybody gonna stab him, it's gonna be me. You got a problem with that? How goes it, brother? It is going good, and I'm happy to be here for my second time ever. <laughs> uh, Nate's actually one of our few moderators that uh, helps helps out with, you know, just the making sure the, you know, the machine's flowing properly every day. And so we really appreciate uh, your time and giving up some of your time for the real shit, man, for real. It's always good to be here. I love what I do for the real shit because I love the real shit. It is just great to be here, bro. And uh, this makes you our fourth return guest. We made the history books, Nate. I want to make sure I give my moderators some love and bring them on the show a couple times. We also think about bringing back some other guests, guys. 
Do you have any suggestions on who we should bring back? Give us a shout out. We would love to hear your feedback. I'm calling out Murphy and Malden, dude. Let's go, boys. Yeah, did you know that uh, Karate Kid is our most listened to episode, Nate? Yes, I do. And it rightfully deserves it. That is a great episode about a great movie. It is our most played episode, but nipping at its heels is uh, Anna Leone's episode from way back in 2020. So we got Aliens and Karate Kid as our two most highly listened to subjects on this show. Anna's due as well. Anna, you're right there. So get on it. Let's go. Like you said earlier today, it's just a sausage fest in here. (laughs) I saw... I was looking at my analytics on the show, and I was like, get the fuck out of here. Okay. <laughs> hey, to be honest, guys, 11% females is way higher than I would have expected. <laughs> As a group of 800, that means we have 88-ish. So I don't know math, but we have well over 50 women in the group. Wow, dude. That are participating? <gasps> what a twist. Listen to Nate's bullshit all day? Come on now. There is a pretty constant stream of shit. <laughs> posting that comes through through me and i can't help it i just want you all to smile i see it i love it i share it hey we need you 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 have a job and you do it so well but i can't take all the credit we gotta give some love to teeter yeah teeter brought in the whole dicaprio thing i'm not sure if you've noticed on the show but anytime i mention the real shit i play a calvin candy clip about the curiosity and the attention gentlemen you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. I, I uh, know what you're talking about, Charlie. I know. Cool, cool. Thank you, brother. Your co-host better know. <laughs> As a moderator, Nate, uh, you get to be a part of our admin chat, which is probably the most fun part of running a Facebook group. Being part of the admin chat, the, the, other, the other stream of communication that only certain people get to have. I nicknamed it uh, the TRS Brass. And you're always making us laugh on that uh, group chat, man. You're always like trying to submit stuff. Like, what do you, can I, do you think I can really post this? Is this proper? That's what I know I can contribute that. The funny, the comedy. I like funny. I like to make people laugh. I like to make people smile. And I have to send some things to y'all because I just happen to have a very horrible sense of humor. But at the same (laughs) time, I'm aware of that. I want to say most recently, he submitted a picture of Gandalf. With a gigantic bosom. That's a huge bitch. And he and he says, and he says, what do y'all think? And I'm like, I'll do whatever you want to do, man. I saw that you had posted it, and then it got a little bit of traction. I think that's because it's a public group. We we know that, so everything we post goes to people we know that maybe aren't in the group. If it, if this was a private group, I think the raunchiness would be like at a 13. But I love <laughs> Nate. He's raw like me, but he also has a heart where he's like, I love dark humor, but I don't want to offend anyone. Yeah. <laughs> If they don't think it's funny, I mean, it's, that's fine. But I think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care who you are. That's funny right there. Well, right. And that's uh, that's what we're going to explore later with uh, Bo Burnham's Inside. But um, before we get into any of that, I want to talk about the Spider-Man trailer. Everybody was waiting on this damn thing. Oh, look at this. This is a good one. Some suggest that Parker's powers include the male spider's ability to hypnotize females. Stop. Come on. <laughs> yes, my Spider-Lord. <laughs> Can we just, like, stay up here all day? It is so crazy down there. That's right, folks. Spider-Man is, in fact, Peter Parker. Listen, I did not kill Mysterio. The drones did. The drones that are yours. 
Does any part of you feel relieved about all this? What do you mean? Now that everybody knows, you don't really have to hide or lie to people. For the record, I never wanted to lie to you. But how do you tell someone that you're Spider-Man? Now everybody knows. But this isn't about me. This is hurting a lot of people. I've just been thinking about how to fix all of this. So, Peter, to what do I owe the pleasure? I'm sorry to bother you, sir. Please, we saved half the universe together. I think we're beyond you calling me, sir. Okay, Steven. That feels weird, but I'll allow it. When Mysterio revealed my identity, my entire life got screwed up. I was wondering if maybe you could make it so that he never did. Strange. Don't cast that spell. It's too dangerous. Fine. I won't. The entire world is about to forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Wait, everyone? Can't some people still know? That's not how the spell works. So MJ's gonna forget about everything we've ever been through? Stop tampering with the spell. Oh my god, Ned, he's my best friend. Oh, my Aunt May should really stop talking. What just happened? We tampered with the stability of space-time. The multiverse is a concept about which we know frighteningly little. You trying to live two different lives. The longer you do it, the more dangerous it becomes. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for, Parker. Hello, Peter. We watched City Slickers. We had to bide our time, and it finally came out. I would love to hear y'all's opinions on the first look trailer. Marvel did exactly what I thought Marvel was going to do. It's where you're like, oh, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? Are we going to get all three? And then OG Doc Ock from the Toby mm. movies. And it's just like the speculation online right now is insane. We all know this. And that's what Marvel does. Put a lot of lures out there for everybody to grab on and speculate about and build up the hype. Is it Spider-Man, do you think it's going to be a game changer? I don't know about a game changer, but I'm just sitting here wondering. I know I could enjoy a movie if they don't have all three, but they could also bring all three Spider-Man back and do what Marvel does and just make great superhero movies. I mean, if they do the latter of what I'm saying, I mean, that's going to be some insane shit. <laughs> Rylan, what do you think, man? This could be huge. But at the same time... You know, being a huge Toby Spider fan, yeah. I've said this numerous times, like this wouldn't be as hyped up as much if, if that original Spider-Man trilogy didn't do what it did. I mean, that's the reason why we have Marvel and we have all these giant comic book movies. So, right. you know, Garfield is, is fun to throw in there because it makes it the multiverse and blah, blah, blah. Seeing Doc Ock was cool as shit. You know, Alfred Molina played that part perfectly. It was a fun trailer that finally came around. How long has it been since we were like anticipating a trailer and all the shit talk online was going on that long? Dark Knight? I've seen now what would have to become to stop men like him. The night is darkest just before the dawn. 
And I promise you, the dawn is coming. And here we go. Like, I can't remember yeah. a trailer where everybody was so fucking anxious to see oh. what the hell was going to happen. All the hype. And it, and it, to me, really didn't live up to that hype, which that's why I hate trailers. I hate the hype of trailers. I hate movie set pictures. And, you know, all these people just can't fucking wait. Give it yeah. a rest, man. It's going to happen. It's going to do it when it does it, and it's going to be that. And why do you need those little Easter eggs? Because it gets in your head. Then you start making theories and all this stupid shit. Just let it happen, man. And when it happens and it shows on the screen, that's the final product that they wanted you to see. And you're going to be surprised, which is what they want. So just let it go, man. On a marketing standpoint, is exactly what you're supposed to do. Like a teaser trailer and then three real trailers, a reveal, a middle trailer, and then the fi- Like, they know exactly what they're doing. This is, this is how the world works. That is how the world works. That is how the world works. From A to Zebra to the worms in the dirt. That's how it works. I just personally don't like it because... It ruins things. It creates fan theories and you get shit in your head. And when that thing doesn't happen, you get disappointed. So it drags the movie down. It can go a million different fucking ways. So like to try to jump in and, and, and analyze and do all that shit, it's just too much work for me. And I hate it. I just want to watch the movie and have fun. Agreed. But uh, but there was no real verification of Toby or Andrew in the trailer. Yeah. Even though Doc Ock did. But I think I'm more excited about Willem Dafoe coming back. Wow. But you can't do this to me. I started this company. You know how much I sacrificed? He is an amazing actor, and he he deserves to be in this film. Because I'm telling you, those guys aren't going to be a major focal point in this film, guys. It's, go, it's going to touch on these multiverses and these dimensions, but they don't have the money, the time, and all that to put these three guys in and make a complete, pun intended, web of, of a storyline. It's calling all day. They're going to give the fan service of nostalgic as fuck with Doc Ock because I guess Molina signed on. But other than that, it's just going to be touched on, guys. It's just going to be a fun little movie and it's going to hopefully cement Holland's Spider-Man. Well, thanks for taking the piss out of it, Rylan. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, hey. <laughs> He's not wrong, but at the same time. We're all going to be there. It's going to be hopefully just a huge comeback for Marvel in the theaters. Can't wait to see what goes down. But uh, going on to group news, we have a lot of group news to talk about. There's a lot of stuff going on. First and foremost, we got to talk about the sports fiction bracket at the time of recording i had just closed the sweet 16 we have eight entries left by the time this comes out i'm sure we'll be nearing the end of the bracket i know ryland has been championing for major league it is one of the final eight but as we record tonight basketball the voters choice spot has made it into the quarterfinals hey skid mark steve hey dude oh cool you still just hanging out playing nintendo well, if you must know, I'm in my second year of med school, and I'm training for the summer games. What are you two up to? Just hanging out, playing Nintendo. Okay. Guys, Ryland, do you still stick with your prediction of Major League going to the finals? I think Major League definitely has enough steam to take out Karate Kid, but that's that's a very hard decision for a lot of people. But at the same time, I think there's enough true cinema lovers that will pick Field of dreams over basketball. Please, God. So what do you want? 
I want them to stop looking to me for answers, begging me to speak again, write again, be a leader. I want them to start thinking for themselves and want my privacy. No, I meant, what do you want? Oh. Dog and a beer. I mean, if you're a <laughs> sports movie fan, now, now when you look at Rocky versus Natural and then Caddy versus Bears, those are the, the, the top half of the bracket will work its way out naturally, and I like that. But the bottom half is like full of uh, so up in the air, so up in the air. It's, it's tough. Uh, what Nate, do, you think? Do, we, do we have a prediction from you, sir? You see, we under the bridge. <laughs> you see the light. And we shall choose basketball. Your life is spinning out of control. Seems the whole world is out to get you. Everything is wrong. Nothing seems right. There's a sinking feeling inside it. Even your best friend has turned his back. But you can't let it bring you down. No, you've got to fight it. Cause you try, but you can't let go. It's when you're down that you gotta get up. Uh, you, you would go for the wild card, Nate, cause you are the wild card. You see, the troll under the bridge grew <laughs> up on basketball. Fault to his parents. <laughs> I'm not sure when this bit ends. <laughs> Seriously, I, I have serious love for the basketball movie, and like Bradley said, some folks of us really not big sports guys and all that, and still want to participate in the bracket and the whole troll vote. It's a troll vote. It really is. I mean, there are true cinematic masterpieces in this bracket. Yeah. There's an Oscar winner in there. And the winner is Rocky Irwin. Winkler and Robert Chardoff, producers. Imagine if it was Rocky versus basketball. I would vote basketball. So me and Ryland are a little bit older than you, Nate. I watched this movie in the theaters. Did you see this in the theaters, Ryland? I did. I was all into this because I thought that idea was so original and awesome. I was like, i got to go see this. Agreed. Yeah. I, I thought the idea of the sport was pretty funny. Yeah. And also the South Park guys and all that. What about you, Nate? Where were you at first time you saw baseball? In the living room on the VCR. Well, what's funny is that, is that that movie is kind of like part of a huge little hub in the late 90s of just raunchy comedies. Around that time, you also had There's Something About Mary. You heard of this thing, the eight-minute abs? Yeah, sure, eight-minute abs. Yeah, the uh, exercise video. Uh -huh. Yeah, well, this is going to blow that right out of the water. Listen to this. Seven-minute abs. And then also uh, Scary Movie, the infamous Scary Movie. <laughs> They turn the hot water off in the showers, all right? Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, laugh it up, you guys. Big laugh. You know what? You can all go to hell. Greg, you're not the only one who got one. Well, you, you mean Bobby's got a baby dick, too? No, I was talking about the note. I got one, too. Somebody knows. In school, I remember everybody was like, man, you see basketball or those dudes were like totally making out yeah, you see you had it better like it's like i said i'm younger than y'all like you pointed out going through school and everything and especially once i started to understand the movie nobody knew it 
one of those deals until I got older and actually started making older friends that you could make the references. Uh, that, that's so cool that you were repping for basketball, like even as a high schooler, in a time where basketball was kind of lame. So we got the bracket, guys. The finals should be right around the corner, guys. I can't wait to see who wins. But uh, beyond that, we have a couple of pieces of news regarding the month of October. So there has been some chatter about what to do with the month of October. Me and Ryland actually have our own little plan of what we're going to do in October. But for the forum itself and the real shit, we decided that we're going to forego the annual Halloween horror bracket. And we're going to go with a 31-day calendar of a movie a night curated by me or anybody else who wants to put in some input. I extended the offer to the brass to offer suggestions. And so I look at it as kind of a challenge, you know, to, to what can I do next, you know, to, to help with the community. I'm not sure if I've ever told you this, Ryland, but one of my three dream jobs, uh, I can tell you all three of my dream jobs. My first dream job would be to be a radio DJ. Z105. Now we're back! <laughs> Folks, real special guest here this morning. Dirty Dad, the garbage man, Z105's newest DJ is here. Hey, soccer teams, what's up? <laughs> yeah, nice. Classic. You're hilarious, Dirty Dan. Well, calm down, Andrew. Looks like someone's trying to get some Munaki. Looks like you should give it up free Munaki coupons. Man in the box, come on, you guys. All right, settle down. <laughs> like a morning zoo crew, you know, you know, like a honk honk type of DJ. Second would be a film historian, like one of those, like, you know, librarians. And my third would be to own my own theater and curate my own calendar of showings, like double features and stuff like that. It would pay shit. I'd probably be in so much debt. But that would be a dream job of mine. I've actually said that before. Like, I would love to open up some cool historical theater and make it my own. Play what I want to play when I want to play it. That'd be great. Well, like Tarantino, he has the new Beverly out in uh, Los yeah. Angeles that he Sorry. curates himself. And oh my God, I would I would be there every fucking week. So the opportunity came. I put it to a vote in the real shit, and it was very affirmative that they wanted this. And so. Guys, I'm telling you right now, I'm working on it. I kind of gave Ryland a, a sneak peek of it. It is being worked on. It will be unveiled soon. But Ryland, I need you to let them know what's going on for the month of October in regards to this show. You know, we're dedicating this entire month to horror movie slashers, but it's going to be mainly, a, you know, obviously we do one show a week. Three out of the four weeks is going to be dedicated to the big three, in my opinion, which is going to be Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, and Jason Voorhees. Charlie gets his little carte blanche the third week of the month, and he's going to choose something very unique and fun, which I'm excited about. It's all going to accumulate to our live show, man. Another live viewing, another live event at a movie theater, watching the newest installment of Halloween, Halloween Kills. I'm still in the works right now of choosing the theater, and I still think I need a I need a hard count of, of people that actually want to go and want to do it. So I'm probably going to repost to finalize the date, guys. But in October, Friday, Saturday, if people want to dress up and go Halloween uh, style, it'd be fun, and, and we can get together, do a quick little live show. Our boy Bobby William wants to tag along. 
and maybe take some video of the show of fans of the, of night. Dress yeah. of the night you know it's going to be an event thing put up his cameras he's a youtube guy you know he's got his show going uh brass roll brothers on youtube if you don't know i already started working on my costume And he's got some really good production value when it comes to actual video. He might actually capture some fan reactions to the horror. That would be cool. You know, the little black and white or the uh, infrared cameras that catches you reacting to a horror movie. I always thought those were fun. It would be fun to have him on and, and see what he could do visually for the fans. We've never really done anything video wise. I'm excited about it, man. For real, yeah. I am. The month of October is going to be chock full, guys. If you love the show, you love the page, it's going to be full of Halloween goodness. I mean, Charlie's got 31 days to pick movies, so I'm sure his genre is going to be all over the place. It's going to be a fun month. Details are coming. we got plenty of time to plan. Just know that October is taken care of on the real yeah. shit front. But we got a game to play. Nate, you ready to play a game? I'm ready to play a game. This is the double feature game where we get to curate our own double feature with a theme on it. And we get to pick the order of the movies and then the reasons why we chose these movies. And in honor of Bo Burnham, we are doing movies that are starring famous stand-up comedians. And there's a lot to pull from here. There's a lot of gray area as well. But I'm curious, Nate, uh, you were telling me earlier, you were kind of shaky about your double feature. Did you get yours in order? I think. This is like, I'm a big stand-up fan, and I started, you know, I was just thinking, I even did a little Googling, which I'm bad at my words when it comes to that, so I had my difficulties, and I just had to come down to what came to mind, what came to heart, just out of love, and that is Little Nicky. Uh, knock, knock. Yes, Jimmy. Don't forget, you're shoving a pineapple up Hitler's ass at 4 p.m. I'm sure not many people have heard Adam Sandler's stand-up, but it is fucking Fire. So who me? I was talking to my father the other day on the phone. He says to me, Adam, he calls me Adam. That's my name. I don't answer to Bob much. He said, Adam, uh, Adam, remember, I want you to marry a girl who has the same belief as the family. I said, uh, Dad, why should I marry a girl who thinks I'm a schmuck? Uh, secondly, I had to pick what Robin Williams movie really hit me the most. And I watched all of them, you know, as mostly as a kid. And... Jumanji. <laughs> Sarah Whittle? What do you want? 26 years ago, you played a game with a little boy down the street. A game with drums. How do you know that? I was that little boy, Sarah. Right off the bat, when I was thinking about it, it was the first one I thought to pick for a Rob Williams movie. Maybe not everybody else's pick, but that's okay. Uh, his stand-up. If you've never heard Robin Williams' stand-up, and you've only ever seen his movies, I really, really recommend you go see that. I had to stop drinking alcohol because I used to wake up nude and hood in my car with my keys in my ass. <laughs> not a good thing. Hi, right, can I help you? No, thanks. It's just flooded. I'll be okay. <laughs> Beautiful, baby, beautiful, yeah. 
because you're sucked into drinking beer by believing it's a healthy thing. All these beer commercials usually show big men, manly men doing manly things. You've just killed a small animal. It's time for a light beer. <laughs> Why not have a realistic beer commercial? What's the realistic thing about beer where you go, it's five o'clock in the morning. You've just pissed on a dumpster. It's Miller time. <laughs> so uh, I am curious as to the Sandler pick. Why is Little Nicky so near and dear to your heart? That was the Sandler movie that I watched the most. For whatever reason, I mean, I love my Waterboys, I love my Billy Madison, my Happy Gilmores, I love Click, I love Grown Ups. I mean, there's nothing I can think of right off the bat that I haven't liked from Adam Sandler. But Little Nicky was just always the movie I liked the most. I mean, you look at Little Nicky compared to most of the other 90s to the alts Adam Sandler movies, it's different. It's Adam Sandler, but to me, it's just different. And I just roll the entire movie every time I watch it. Uh, thoughts on Little Nicky, Ryland? Uh, I thought that was the start of the end of Adam Sandler. Now you've gone and done it. You done messed with my business, bitch. I would appreciate if you kept your voice down. Oh, you going all crazy eyed on me. I'll show you some crazy eyes. Look at this. Come on, let's get busy. When I've looked back at it now, it has some little redeeming qualities, but man, is it off. I don't know what he was trying to do. It's a weird character, a weird topic, just odd. But I still have a lot of love for Adam Sandler, man. I mean, he's done some things I thought were some of the best of the time in comedy. Man, he's doing something right. So with this movie we're about to talk about, like it's it's like the polar opposite mm-hmm. of Adam Sandler. Yeah. Like, like, like the reasons why we create comedy. But with Robin Williams, that's a great pick with Jumanji. Would you do uh, Jumanji first, or would you do Little Nicky first? Being honest, if it's with my kid, Jumanji. Because by the time we get to Little Nicky, might not be all the way there, ready to go to bed. It's important to make sure you know to do the double feature properly. And so the order is is very crucial. When you get down to it, you're like, oh, shit, I should have played that one first or like a mistake. So it's always an important uh, decision to make. But uh, what about you, Ryland? I'm curious to see what you pulled. You're going to stay curious, Charles, because I guys, this is one of the first times I've ever misread my homework. <laughs> I picked my double feature stand up comedian specials. Oh. Once you said it, I went back immediately and looked at our thread and I went, fuck, I read that wrong. Because <laughs> I was like, dude, we're talking about obviously a, a stand up special, which these are things. This is a whole genre. These guys are comedians that hit the road. They build okay. their material right to a special, which is, is kind of how you make it in comedy. So that's what I had in my head the entire time. I'm going to do my double features stand up specials. Are you ready? <laughs> now I'm even so- more curious because I want to hear what your double feature of comedy specials would be. All right. So it's a double feature. You know, I'm starting the night out with my boy, Bill Burr, the Boston brawler, baby. They just won't come out and say it. Nobody has the balls to come out and say it and just say, look, 85% of you have to go. <laughs> That's it. That is it. I have been bitching about the population problem for three specials in a row. (laughs) Waiting for some politician to have the balls to bring it up, but they won't do it. They won't do it. We live in a democracy. Yes. (laughs) Like, if you've ever worked in customer service or service industry or just served human beings in any form or fashion in your entire life, 
like Bill Burr's your champion. He's your guy. Like he is so jaded. He hates people. He's very, very smart. He knows a lot of shit that's going wrong in the world. And he's also been a champion of like comedians, like sticking to their guns and being themselves and being that self-deprecating shit. That's real comedy. Like this whole PC shit going on. He's really stood his ground and has kind of been a voice for a lot of comedians. And he's always been my boy. He's gone on and did great acting roles and Breaking Bad and then Mandalorian. So when I see him doing well and, and thriving, I just love it. His best special, though, is 2014's I'm Sorry You Feel This Way. I, I came into Bill Burr late in the game, man. So I had plenty to, to watch whenever I came on board. I couldn't decipher between them because it was it was all just kind of coming at me at once. The joke that always sticks out was the one about the helicopter and the guy falling out of the helicopter. <laughs> I saw this story down in Orange County, right? Then in Orange County, California, this guy gave helicopter tours for 30 years, 30 years without incident, hands the business off to his son, the American dream. I built it up for 30 years. Here you go, son. Make the family and the family name proud. All right, dad, I love you. Right? This poor kid, five days in, he's supposed to give a tour to a couple. Only the dude shows up. The kid thought it was weird, but he's like, I need the money. I got to give him a tour, right? So he takes this guy up. Ten minutes into the tour, the dude fucking jumped out. Yeah. Five days in. Five days in from the balloons and the cake. We love you, son. Keep the family tree going. The traditional life. Five fucking days later, this kid, he probably barely had the speech down. Just sitting there flying the helicopter. All right, if you look out the left side of the aircraft, that's Orange County. There's over... 27 miles of beaches. Uh, put your seatbelt back on. 27 miles of beaches. Was established as a county in 1903. Sir, please don't open the door. Sir, what are you doing? Sir, no, no, don't, don't, stop, no, no. What the fuck? What the fuck? Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. What the fuck? What the fuck? traffic control. I don't know who's on this frequency, but you really need some, some kind of fucking helicopter. <laughs> Five days in. So I read further into the story. Turns out the guy who jumped out, he was 61 years old, terminally ill. He was in pain every day. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with him, and he had had enough. At that point, that guy immediately became a hero in my world, right? You know what I love about him? Not only did he make the decision, he didn't go out like some right? handful of pills, watching a romantic comedy, wrapped in an afghan that Nana made. Fuck that. This guy went out like a man. Take me up in a chopper, I'm looking at the land I love, and then I'm jumping out like a superhero. I loved it. Yeah. Obviously, he's, he's one of the top-tier comedians. His comedic timing is just insane. Bill Burr will talk about something that you can go, yeah, fuck that. He's a jaded, angry, raw humor guy, and, and I just love him for it. And, he, and I've seen him live once about four or five years ago now, and and I just – I was in stitches, dude. I couldn't stop laughing. So that's how I'm going to start the night out. I'm going to sneak in a little honorable mention, and that's my boy Louis C.K. Louis C.K. shameless out of 07. Talk about dark cynic. He's like the cynic of our time. You know when you have a friend that you hate, you can't break up with your friends, you know? He always starts conversations that I don't want to have. You know, he's like, hey, what would you do if you had a time machine? I'm like, fuck you. I don't... You know what? I wouldn't use it. I'd just let it sit in my house. 
I'd put a drink on it. And yeah, I got a time machine. I never even wanted it. I don't know. I'm not interested. I'd use it to go back ha- 30 minutes ago and punch you in the fucking face before you ask me that. That's all. One use. Of course, of recent, he's had a lot of issues with his personal life and whatever the hell's gone on with that. But he's my little honorable mention in the middle. But what I'm going to end the night on is literally the year 2000. Dave Chappelle killing them softly. Now, I was hanging out with a friend of mine. He's a white guy, you know. We were just hanging out. And we were lost in the city, you know, we were smoking a joint. Now, I don't know if it was a coincidence that we were lost and high and shit, but... <laughs> My white buddy, he was smoking a joint. <gasps> Dave. Dave! It's the goddamn cops. I'm going to ask him for directions. Nate, you probably don't remember because you were a little baby, but uh, we used to <laughs> put our CDs into our computer and burn shit on them. Kazaa or whatever the hell it was, uh, or, or, or Napster. Uh, LimeWire we was my shit. LimeWire, that was the one. I went to college at Texas Tech. It's five hours away. So I would listen to like two or three comedy specials the entire way. And Dave Chappelle's Killing Him Softly was always in there. It's political, it's racial, it's about racial relations, drugs, and then it's got Sesame Street in it. It was shot in D.C., and this is kind of, to me, Dave Chappelle right in his prime, right before he hit big. And I hate to say, like, that fame and all that fortune kind of fucked him up. So Mm. this was kind of raw Dave Chappelle before he hit it big and and just changed him. Is that the one where he's talking about sprinkling crack on people? Yeah, yeah. Sprinkle some crack on people. Get the hell out of here. (laughs) Open and shut case, Johnson. I saw this once before when I was a rookie. Apparently this broke in and hung up pictures of his family everywhere. Well, let's sprinkle some crack on him and get out of here. That's why I kept re-listening to it all the time on a, on a long road trip. Because yeah. it's not just one speed. Bill Burr's great for 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah, he's screaming and yelling. and But Chappelle's just... All over the place. He bounces here, there, and it's oh. it's so well done. Like Dave Chappelle's got five gears. That's how I'm gonna end the night. That's a good one too. I personally prefer the one he did in San Francisco. Sad is changing rapidly. Can't smoke indoors. The fuck is that all about? I got kicked out of titty ball for smoking. <laughs> no, that shit was ridiculous. It's the stripper did it. The stripper came up like, "Your smoking is a health risk for me. I don't want to work in this kind of environment." Bitch, you have your gonorrhea infested pussy in my face. You started it. And they threw me out. It's the dirtiest place I've ever been thrown out of. And just to give you an idea of what I mean by dirty, lap dances at this place, $3. It's fucking disgusting. And at the same time, who could pass up a sale, son? It was $3. Of course I did it. It's only 12 quarters. Said, I'll break a five for that. It was just like a perfect storm. Like, Chappelle show season two, it hit big, and then he yeah. dropped this, this special, and it was, he was on top of the world. Chappelle, anything he does, you're right, it has levels. And Killing Him Softly was just pure Chappelle. I hate that I fucked up the assignment, but those are my, those are my deals there, so there we go. <laughs> I want to say, just if I was just to pull a couple out of nowhere, I really like David Cross's uh, Shut Up, You Fucking Baby. So, uh, 
You know, one of the things I, I can't stand, one of my like pet peeves, is people who misuse the word literally. <laughs> Fucking, that drives me up a wall. Because when you misuse the word literally, you are using it in the exact opposite way it was intended. <laughs> when you fuck that up, you fuck it up so bad. It's not like a little goof. It's not like, you know, you said like penultimate, you meant ultimate, like, you know, you're off by one. It's, it, you completely fucking misuse it and you just stop using the word forever until you fucking figure it out. And fucking sportscasters do that all the time. You know, they, they're like, you know, he literally ripped his head off on that play. Oh my. Like, what? No, he didn't. Don't. And I really like, um, Dennis Leary stuff, uh, specifically No Cure for Cancer. I remember having that memorized, burnt into my memory. Yeah, because New York teaches you to live life the way it should be lived, moment to moment. Yes, because every moment in New York could be your last. Oh yeah, yeah. You could be walking down the street tomorrow, feeling good about yourself, drink free, drug free, looking forward to the future. And somebody accidentally nudges their poodle off a 75th floor ledge. Point. And he's headed for the ground at 175,000 miles per hour. And kerchunk, he's embedded in your head. You're dead on contact. The headline in the post the next day reads, man killed by best friend. People cut the article out and they laugh about it at the office and you're forever remembered as the poodle man. I knew the poodle man and he hated fucking poodles. So yes, it's, it remains a mystery. Ryland's double feature for stand-up comedy starring movies. But moving on to me, I went absolutely full-on hipster with my choices. So bear with me, guys. So to start off the night, I'm going to start with 2009's Big Fan. It's a movie that stars Patton Oswalt. It's the mind of this super-obsessive New York Giants football fan who just loves the Giants and everything they do and wants to be as close to the action as he possibly can. And at the same time, he's being antagonized by this Philadelphia Eagles fan uh, through sports radio. Let's go to my boy Paul in Staten Island. He always brings the leverage. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, sports dog, how you doing? Um, I'm just calling to say I can't wait for this Sunday when we finally shut these Philly clowns up once and for all. I can't tell you how sick I am of Philadelphia Phil and all these cheesesteak bozos going on about Brian Westbrook this and how we can't stop their passing game? Are you joking? You put, you put the tiniest bit of pressure on McNabb, that guy crumbles like a cookie. He just hates it and it's just eating him alive. Just his love of the Giants and his hatred for the Eagles. And then he decides to do something about it. It's a crazy in-depth film about, you know, not realizing your level of fandom, how you deal with loneliness, how you deal with these certain things in your life that are making you unhappy, compartmentalizing things. It's super in-depth. And Patton Oswalt is one of the best choices for that role. Anybody else seen Big Fan? No, man, I haven't even heard of it. I say I have. It's actually written by uh, Robert Siegel, the writer of The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke, and then also later on he, he wrote uh, the movie The Founder with Michael Keaton. Ah. Well, nice little resume, you know. Highly recommend, big fan. Patton Oswalt is one of my favorite comedians of all time. I've sold four different movies to four different 
uh, studios. And a lot of you are thinking, hey, you got it made, kid. Hang on. Because when you sell a screenplay, you then go through a one-year notes process that will make you want to stab yourself in the eyes with your own dick that you've torn off, shellacked, and turned into a letter opener. That is how <laughs> instantly, like, yeah, um, we have some notes. On page two, she's eating peanuts, but then later she's wearing a hat. Does that make sense? You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? But to end the night, I got to go with my homeboy, homeboy. He's always been at the top of my list as far as stand-ups go, and that's Andrew Dice Clay. He's in a different era, but, man, his, his routine was so raw and so unapologetic. And I had nothing but respect for his ability to just be able to do that so brashly. You know what I'm saying to you. I'm just trying to help you out. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you met the parents, right? That's always a fucking trill. Yeah, yeah, the parents. They look at you, the father, you're sitting on the couch. Wouldn't it be great just to tell them what you think one time? You know what I'm talking about. Because you're sitting on the couch with that plastic fucking furniture. And they're looking at you. And the father starts to talk. So, where are you gonna take my little princess tonight, huh? And you look over and go, well, sir, I figured first I'd take your little princess for a bite to eat. I'll throw a burger down her throat. It don't mean nothing to me. We'll go for a few drinks. I'll spin her around the dance floor. Of course, I could move. And then, well, then I'm going to use your little princess like a plastic f doll. He only made a handful of films throughout his career. And a lot of people always reference the adventures of Ford Fairlane. But I'm not going to watch that movie. I'm going to watch a movie called Brain Smasher, a love story. Now that's why they call him the Brain Smasher. <laughs> and it's this movie that was made in 1993. Uh, and it co-stars Terry Hatcher. And it's your basic B-movie action schlock where, you know, the everyman gets kind of wrapped up in this, you know, super secret spy mission, you know, and uh, he, he has his own little, you know, like blue-collar wits about him. Terry Hatcher plays a woman who's trying to get something across a border. And, like, there's these ninja monks that are trying to keep her from doing that. So she needs protection. So she enlists the help of this bar bouncer, played by Clay. Hey, wait a minute. What are you doing? You crashed the gate. Didn't you see those ninjas chasing me? They're trying to kill me. Ninjas? Yes, ninjas. The, the creeps with the masks. Honey, we get all kinds in here. Never seen you around. Uh, you live alone. Uh, his big thing is that when he punches people in the face, he caves their face in. <laughs> and there's a couple of shots of post-punch, you know, face. And it's always just super uh, funny to watch. And then, of course, you have your usual Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah, you know, all that shit. And, and so you, you get everything you want if you're... If you're... Trixie. Hey, give me a second. It's treat time. One, one second. Yeah, she's letting you um, know. She's very forceful with the treats. Yeah, big girl, dude. She'd take you down. Speak for yourself, moron. I remember seeing this movie, uh, like I said before in, in the show, I'm a Showtime kid. That was the movie channel that my parents had. And they always played some offbeat stuff. And Brain Smasher was definitely in there, and it was definitely offbeat. Don't expect Citizen Kane from this film, 
But it is just a, a nice little time capsule of the early 90s and what was allowed and what wasn't. You know, it's, it's a fun little exploration. Uh, so that's my my double feature, guys. I appreciate everybody for playing. I can't wait to hear your actual double feature round. Thank you. You are entirely welcome. And now, let us all go to my house for a little sponge cake and a little wine and... and shit! To the lumberyard! Other than that, guys, we have one more thing we got to do before we leave here, and that is talk some post-COVID comedy with Bo Burnham's Inside. You know, I've learned something over this last year, which is pretty funny. Um, I've learned that real-world, human-to-human, tactile contact will kill you, and that all human interaction, whether it be social, political, spiritual, sexual, or interpersonal, should be contained in the much more safe, much more real, interior digital space. That the outside world, the non-digital world, is merely a theatrical space in which one stages and records content for the much more real, much more vital digital space. And is it just me, or, or do pirates need to take a little bit better care of their fucking maps? Is this everybody's first time watching this, like this assignment that I gave y'all? Yeah, it's been around for a few months now. It's my first time. But he's just not my, he's not my speed. I don't know. He was always singing and dancing. He was a young kid. Every time I yeah. caught him, he just never, he never got my attention as a comedian. So this really, honestly, is my first, you know, taste of, of Bo. And, okay. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you say comedy, it's, it's way deeper than anything. <laughs> yes. So I've been freaking out for a long time thinking that I'm never going to finish this special and then I'm going to be working on it forever. And recently I've been feeling like, oh man, maybe I am getting close to done with this. Maybe I'm going to finish it after all. And that has made me completely freak out because if I finish this special, that means that I have to, um, not, work on it anymore and that means i have to just live my life and so i'm not going to do that and i'm going to not finish the special i'm going to work on it forever i think it's it's, it's something it's, else it's something else but it's so unique so original and meta and deep and thought-provoking it's a trend-setting thing right now i don't know it's caught in a lot of steam because it deserves it it's a true art piece to to be honest uh nate so first time doing bo burnham anything uh, same as ryland yeah, I heard a little TikTok stuff from Katie. Feel like shit or shit. Sung a lot, and I really okay. related to that. How we feeling out there tonight? <laughs> yeah, I am not feeling good. Wake up at eleven thirty, feeling like a bag of shit. Oh no! But my first time watching Bo Burnham, and uh, I got a lot of mixed feelings, but. <laughs> we'll get into all that for real it for might real. not be oh. what y'all think 
Well, actually, my first time seeing anything with Bo Burnham, there was this guy who was a bartender, and he was this real eccentric guy. They always called him by his last name. I can't remember his fucking name. Anyways, this guy would show me just random YouTube videos. Like, he showed me the Froggy Fresh video for the first time. Froggy Fresh! 2012. Yeah. We back up in this. Y'all already know. Cause I am the baddest of them all. If you ain't about money, then I don't mess with y'all. Y'all think I don't get girls? Cause I ain't very tall. If she see my stacks, I bet you that she calls. You know that I am the baddest. Uh, one of the videos I saw was uh, It's Bo Yeah, which was one of the early YouTube Bo Burnham songs. Wanna hear a rap? Now I don't know if all Boy Scouts are gays They could probably tie the knot in like 50 different ways Got a safe full of cherries cause I pop it and lock it A girl's like a fridge once a week you should stock it Girl if you're into rimming it's only safe if you're swimming And girl don't sit on that couch cause I treat my objects like women I spit fire like I just blew a demon My shit's so hot I'll leave your toilet bowl steaming I'm gonna tear it like the cards of the gypsies You'll bleed for so long you'll get monthly ellipses If your pants are loose I'll replete you You're a first time vegan and it's nice to meet ya I'm Bo Yo, I'm the greatest Rapper ever and I'll weather you weather whether you think I'm clever or not Think you're better you're not Don't need a sweater I'm hot I'm a real G shorty they can really find your G spot What the hell's a G spot? If you, if you go and watch that on YouTube, like you're just you're just watching this guy and you're just in fucking awe. Like in my opinion. Like I'm like this guy. Like this guy's got something, like whatever it is. Fun fact about him, he was the youngest comedian by far. To get a Comedy Central special at 18, dude. Let's rock. One, two, one, two, three, four. I'm a feminine M&M, a slim shady lady But nice cause I texted Haiti 90 lady cops on the road and I'm arrested for doing 80 Like Hamlet, all about words, words, words Divide a hole into thirds, thirds, thirds I'm a gay sea otter I blow other dudes out of the water So I just, I just brushed him off for 12, 13 years So uh, my fault in being a, a small-minded there and, and because this kid is a genius He's got a lot in his big ass head of his it's, it's impressive that he was doing the YouTube thing In the in the very birth of YouTube And then obviously had so much talent He ran towards this It was completely talent-based And then to take that kind of blog kind of setting And then turn it into a comedy special And then just become a stand-up comedian And then, and then everything he touches Just kind of turns to artistic gold Hey everybody, um, I thought I'd do a reaction video to the song that you just saw me perform. Thought that might be fun. Um, so I got my laptop all set up, song ready to go, and let's go. Who needs a coffee cause I'm doing a run. I'm riding down the I like this song. Um, so the idea with this song was basically that there are so many songs in the past about, about working class jobs, but not a lot about the labor exploitation of the modern world. So that was the idea here. My beard is a little shorter in this video because I, I filmed it a couple weeks ago. I think it holds up. The, the song, not the beard. And then you cut. Hey everybody. I think it's funny um, to cut right on. I thought on. I'd do a reaction video um, to the song that you just saw me perform. Thought that might be fun. What? Um, so I got my 
because this video played after that, right? So, and now, right? Okay, so I'll just I'll keep reacting. So, this is me reacting to the song. Um, what I'm doing is I'm explaining what the song means. He's only really directed one other film, and it was a movie called Eighth Grade. That came out in 2018. I mean, obviously, first watched this recently, and I'm still digesting it because it's like, is this a bit? Is this half a bit? Or is this literally this man? Like, I, I don't know yet because of what he's done prior. That's why it's so intriguing and so cool is like, was this just all in his head and he's fucking with everyone? Is this kind of half and half? Or is this really like who he is right now because of what he was? He was a, a, a famous comedian, 18. Now he's 30. And I don't know if it's personal or if it's a bit, but God, it was good. Trying to be funny and stuck in a room. There isn't much more to say about it. Can one be funny when stuck in a room? Being in, trying to get something out of it. Try making faces. Try telling jokes, making little sounds. Oh. Let's just get into it. It's, it's hard to follow because it is really just a series of bits. And so it, it kind of starts off with, you know, the opening number, which is content, which is still probably top five of all the songs in the movie. Just kind of opening the show. Um, they're very few and far between as far as like planned sketches. Because a lot of it is just kind of cutaways or outtakes, really. Which I also thought was a very fascinating choice for him to make. Watching something original because nobody's really tackled this thing from a comedy sense, true artistic sense. And I think he just blasted the door open as far as artistic potential in this time period. That's the 2020 oh. mood of an entertainer. Anybody that makes something music, comedy, you, you write books and anything in that time, it kind of right. whirls to what this movie feels to and ends at. It's hard not to talk about all the shit going on and talk about this movie at the same time. Just the events of the last 18 months going down. That's it. The world is so fucked up. Systematic oppression. Income inequality. The other stuff. And there's only one thing that I can do about it. While while being paid and being the center of attention. That's the reason why we have this show in the first place, is because of the lockdown, because we had the time to kind of iron it out, all that kind of stuff. So so even me and Ryland are creating artistic stuff in a sense. It's more just kind of content, but it allowed us the time to be able to figure it out. And, and I think that's inspiring from this film. I, I, th I think that's my biggest takeaway, is that this dude did more with four walls, a keyboard, and a fucking microphone than most people can do with like the Tom Cruise level budget movies right now. He tapped into whatever was going on and he and he thrived in that area. And then it, it just became a multimedia hit. You know, it's a it's a music album. It you know, there's countless sound bites on TikTok, which is one of the hugest lightning rods right now in pop culture. Huh. 
So it's got to be said for something about just the nihilistic nature of society right now and just kind of the fuck it nature and, and just sad and, and just being able to, to put that out there. It's so that's inspiring. What, that's what I dug the most was this like the sincerity of it. That little fucking roomies ends all fucked up and messy and like he's so smart that I think this was all kind of a bit. And he's like, that's how fucking good he is because it seemed too good. When you looked at all the small details, I was really watching this with like a you know a cynic eye. I was sitting there going, "All right, yeah, I watched it way late to where I got all this steam already." So I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna look at this in a different perspective." So, so I, Jesus. <clears throat> so I've been working on this uh, special for a year now <sighs> so I've been working on this special for um, a year now which is um, a lot longer than I anticipated working on it when I started <sighs> so I've been working on <laughs> I am not um well <laughs> and I just don't know if it's him and this is what he's going through and which is raw or if it's like he's that smart and that good because he is very musically talented. I mean, the Bezos song like just slaps, right? It's catchy as fuck. CEO entrepreneur born in 1964, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Bezos. CEO entrepreneur born in 1964, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Bezos. Come on, Jeffrey. you now Zuckerberg and Gates and Buffett amateurs can fucking suck it fuck their wives drink their blood come on Jeff get him it's just something he wanted to put out there and which is so it meta I don't know how else to put it it's like above and beyond anything I expected he would put out like we're all going through shit right now you know like Nate's going through shit Rylan's going through shit I'm going through shit to see somebody else just kind of going through shit it's kind of cathartic in that sense, and but also to be very entertained through what he's putting out. But I did want to ask, do either one of y'all have a favorite song? I'll start with Nate first. That's a really hard one, man. Let me check back here to my notes. How the world works. 
The simple narrative taught in every history class is demonstrably false and pedagogically classist. Don't you know the world is built with blood and genocide and exploitation? The global network of capital essentially functions to separate the worker from the means of production and the FBI killed Martin Luther King. Private properties inherently theft and neoliberal fascists are destroying the left and every politician, every cop on the street protects the interests of the pedophilic corporate elite. That is how the world works. Really? how the world works genocide the natives say you got to it first that's how it works that one really hit hard but at the point (laughs) i was also kind of very iffy about the movie like i was really into it and then like if it wasn't for the podcast i'd probably turn this off and do something else like i put it down about three times and picked it back up within the last two days to try to finish it out. That's interesting. I had the exact same experience. I got about an hour in and I kind of felt like really fulfilled. I could walk away right now and it'd be fine. Like I had to force myself to finish it. That's weird that you say that. If it wasn't for the podcast, I would have missed something truly spectacular. Because Just like you said, by the end of the movie and thinking back over the last year and everything, relating and understanding and Like Ryland was saying, too, I mean, this could be just a genius of a man showing the mental breakdown of what's going on as a bit. Or he really could have been losing his shit. What it reminds me of is, um, uh, God, Man of the Moon. What's his name? Uh, Andy Kaufman. Yeah, it's almost an Andy Kaufman bit to me. I feel like that's how, like, ahead of everyone he is. That's a name that came into my brain as well. (laughs) It'll be great. People will think their TV is broken and they'll get out of their chairs and walk over to the TV, twist the knobs, call the TV store. Hey, I paid a lot of money for that TV. They'll bang on the television and they won't be able to fix it. Andy, Andy, we don't want the viewers to get out of their chairs. But it's funny. It's a practical joke. Like there was obvious acting in there and obvious goofiness he's literally playing towards the crowd but there was like so much truth to it you looking at a video when you're 30 of yourself when you're successful at 18 jamming on a keyboard being goofy with his little mop hair the amount of growth from 18 to 30 i say that beats childhood to you know your teens the depth of it and the weight of everything that happens to you from 18 to 30 is so much more to me than you know let's say a a child to your 18 there's a lot more physical growth in, in your younger years, but the emotional shit you go through from 18 to 30 is doesn't match anywhere near in the rest of your life. We've all been there. You have to actually grow up and be a, an adult, which sucks. I mean, there's no way around it. <laughs> so it was very deep yeah. and very emotional. On the other side of that, as a man of 27 years old, I really felt it. And the mental breakdowns of what I'm going through now as a father trying to get all my shit together and watching him looking at 30. Oh, this is the end of the fucking world. The whole time I've had a... A goal in mind which is I wanted to finish this thing before I turned 30 Um, because the idea of of turning 30 while still in this fucking room working on this thing alone um, that just seemed 
I just I just wanted to avoid that. I really felt that shit. Like it, I'm not that far away, and I feel like I should be a lot farther. I understand. I'd be lying if I said I didn't have some kind of small epiphany watching it, where you're just like, shit, man, he he just hit the nail right on the head. I was talking to my buddy uh, in FTW. Now we were talking about inside, and he was like, you know what? In 20 years, if somebody wanted to know what the lockdown was like, just show them inside. And that's what I think he was aiming towards, obviously. He's the voice of kind of the millennials with this stuff, you know, with, with being locked down. And, I mean, he makes jabs at so many things, talking to his parents on FaceTime and, you know, white girls Instagram. Could you be <laughs> any more accurate? An open window, a novel. is a sniper i mean it's insane the thing that got me the most though was like his grandpa was in vietnam at 27 and when he was 27 he built a birdhouse with his mom i'm not that much older than him but the thing that really made me depressed though is like if i could die today and be dead for a year or 18 months like it's as deep as you can go right now in today's world because suicide is a big deal to me it's a huge issue but for him to sit down and do that, that was the one that maybe put the upside down smiley face. That was the one that made me sad. I just want to say for the record um, that I do not want to kill myself, okay? I don't want to kill myself and I'm not going to kill myself. Um, and if you're out there and you're struggling with you know, suicidal thoughts and, and you want to kill yourself, I just want to tell you, don't, okay? Can you not, please? Just don't, all right? Fucking quit it with the. I couldn't tell if it was serious or if it was a bit, and I can't tell sometimes in my life if I'm not yeah. serious yeah. or if it's a well, bit. Nobody really talks about it because some people have small thoughts and some people have really big bad thoughts about it, and it, but it's always there, and it's become to me. I mean, you can look at the numbers; it's increased exponentially over decades, and that's what he's touching on: is you're you're stuck in your phone, you're stuck in your head, you're stuck in this stupid fake world that we've created because really, to be honest, we don't live in a, a world that our parents and grandparents live in, not even close. And I think that's the main subject of his special is like gapping those generations. And it's really the internet. I mean, he talks about this is the internet. Like what's going to be crazy is a thousand years from now, our little birth and where we lived is going to be called like a birth of something. And we live through it. That's kind of our claim to fame being born in the eighties, nineties and two thousands is we were born when the internet was created. So mm -hmm. we were born at the beginning of this revolution and lived through non internet and inter so we're in this very, very weird little tiny bubble, which is kind of cool. Can you believe what's possible these days? Conversations through your computer, Worlds of information, one click away. All the things you find only on the world's most popular internet online service, now more affordable than ever. It's like living in the future. The future, now available on America Online. In a thousand years, it'll be talked about in history, but right now we don't think of it like that.
that feeling of, you know, being captured by technology and how technology has really shielded us from, from social life. But social life was always there. And then for that to be taken away to where this thing that you're avoiding by doing this thing, now that's the only thing you get to do. You don't have the option of going out anymore and, and then having to deal with that and then still, you know, having to work and make money and survive and make this life something worthwhile. You know, you know, the ability for artistic expression and in that small little room and just, just to create this great little special. It was so good. <laughs> Much applause. My, my favorite song personally was uh, How the World Works, especially the part with the sock puppet. I mean, it's a great multi-layered joke about how the world works. <laughs> it's just so fun. Why do you rich fucking white people insist on seeing every socio-political conflict through the myopic lens of your own self-actualization? This isn't about you. So either get with it or get out of the fucking way. Watch your mouth, buddy. <laughs> Remember who's on whose hand here. But that's what I... Have you not been fucking listening? We are all right, all in a right, wait, 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 no, please, I don't want to go back. Uh, oh, oh, I can't go, I can't go back. Please, please, I'm sorry. Are you going to behave yourself? Yes. Yes, what? Yes, sir. Look at me. Yes, sir. That's better. Is how the world works. Rylan, do you have a favorite song in the show? Like literally, I'll I'll hear those songs in my dreams. They're so earwormy, and that creeps me out. But I think this is the internet hit me the most. I think because that's what made me think about this whole like growing up during the spawn of the internet and the birth of it and just the weirdness of it. Welcome to the internet. Have a look around. Anything that brain of yours can think of can be found. We've got mountains of content, some better, some worse. If none of it's of interest to you, you'd be the first. I'm just so happy that guys like this are still making weird shit like this. I'm almost positive he didn't present this to Netflix prior and say, this is what I have. Will you give me money for it? They gave him, you know, I'm a numbers guy, Charlie. I looked up how much did this make and how much was he paid? And, and there's really no numbers on it. He did everything. If they paid him five to $10 million, which is what the estimate is to do this, this is all his money. I think he's worth every fucking penny, dude. This is not my bag of tea. Like I got bored a little bit with it, but I appreciated it. I thought it was very original and a step into a guy's mind. I'd rather sit there and watch Bill Burr and, and funny guys that are trying to make you laugh versus this, but this was something special and it needs to be seen. Agreed. So, uh, we got to rate this thing. Nate, I'll let you go first. That's a tough one because, like, I'm with Rylan. I didn't like it at first, and it was kind of tough to get through. But as I got through and as I watched it and as I started relating the things, it really started hitting pretty hard, man. And because of that, I'm give it a good solid seven. And for the fact he showed the production side, point in the movie where he was – trying to do a part of a scene and he just gave up said fuck it and threw shit down knocked down a camera stand and it was just like i'm sitting here thinking is is he literally showing his mental breakdown while trying to make this content during isolation for his survival he's showing him and making it funny and i love that it made me think it made me feel 
and kind of shows that comedy can still be original without being horribly offensive. It needs more credit for his cinematography and his editing as well. You know, when he's talking about sexting and all the little emojis are all plastered across his face, you know, he says he just has eggplants across his head. You see in the beginning where he's trying to fuck with the cameras and the lighting. And I mean, even putting that light on his forehead and putting it on the um, disco Disco light. Genius. Not a lot of people can think like that. I mean, that's a gear that he has. Yeah, I love the bit where he kind of makes it look like he has backup dancers because of the shadows like a genius. To see a comedian do that where it's all on him and, and to be this successful is so cool. God. It's just a pure piece of art. Nobody else really touched it except for him. Like, I do these little vignettes before our show. You know, that's my little artistic injection into this show. And I, I try to do it as much credit as I can. But that's all me. That's all, all my decisions and stuff like that. And so mad respect to Bo Burnham. Did you have a rating, Ryland? I wrote down 9.3. Like, because you know me. I mean, that's as pretty high as I can give you a nine for for being this out there and creative and everything and then extra point three is like i said that editing and the lighting the cinematography the pacing of it it's really not a stand-up special there's no audience there's no <laughs> you know it's it's literally a movie to be honest it's a film so i took it as that and i never felt out of it that's why he gets that extra little point three it's a perfect look into society and 2020 and 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 just isolation everything that there's a thousand things he talks about which is crazy that he put all this in one little fucking room it's so cool i loved it you know your favorite parts and they'll be your favorite parts in a week and then uh, the following week you'll have a new favorite part it's that much of a gift that keeps on giving um and so with that i gotta give it a 9.5 the only points i really give away is that ambiguous you know, is it a bit? Is it not a bit? I wish it was a little clearer with that message. But I think the real message he wanted to give off was crystal clear. And for that, he deserves the 9.5. I remember seeing Eighth Grade, his first movie, and being like, he absolutely killed it. Guys, I highly recommend it. If you have a chance to watch Eighth Grade, if you uh, any streaming service or whatever, take that time. It's a, it's a real, if you like Inside, it's another really good Bo Burnham piece. I said one more week of eighth grade, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, huh? I can't believe you're gonna be in high school. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? I don't know. To jump out in the deep end like this kid just did. I mean, he's still a kid to me. He's just turned 30. Right. I know he's been famous for a while, but in the comedian world, he is very young still. So he has 20 years to keep going and being something else or people have i've heard the rumors that he this is his swan song he wants out of that because it's depressing and it's fucking him up if that were the case i mean it would be a great swan song but you best believe if i hear he has a new project i'm there front and center yeah i watched bits and pieces of his prior things and they're great he's super talented it's singing and dancing kind of songs and goofiness but i think this was his like all right, you, you want you want to see my maximum potential? Here it is. And he delivered. Oh, my God. So, yeah, guys, that's inside. Man, I'm so glad I watched this. It's been a whole journey that I would not have taken if it wasn't for spitting the real shit. So that's our show for this week, guys. As far as uh, future shows, we are excited to reveal the plans for our 50th episode. We are going to make it a, a thing. So what we're going to do is we're bringing back our first game we've ever played on the first episode of Spitting the Real Shit, which was the one-sentence review. We haven't done it in so incredibly long. 
We're bringing it back. We're going to be doing movies that we've already reviewed on this show. We'll also be naming off some of our favorite movies from some actors who are turning 50 years old this year. And we're coming full circle. One of the first movies to ever get brought up on the idea of this show to be talked about will finally be discussed. We are doing a Roadhouse review. Our male demographic of 35 to 44 is going to flip out. I'm flipping out, man. Yes. (laughs) Dalton finally gets his due. It was one of the movies that inspired Ryland to ask the question again to kind of get the ball rolling. And it always made me laugh. Like, that was the one that really kickstarted him. Like, we got to do this podcast because of Roadhouse. I'm really excited to get to watch Roadhouse again. The week after that, though, we're going super niche with a special guest who actually has skin in the game in the Internet. Uh, He runs his own website. He's famous in his own right. And he goes by the name of Scotty D. But Scott Donahue. TRS member official will be on this show in two weeks. And then we are going to break down the cult movie, Big Money Hustlers. I'm so excited to have him on. Uh, it'd be a great introspection of something that I've loved for years and years and years and years. It'd be so great to have Ryland. I would love to see Ryland's opinion of Big Money Hustlers. That's all coming up in the next couple of weeks, guys. That's our show, guys, for Nasty Nate Green and Ryland Johnson. My name is Charlie Thompson, and we have been spitting the real shit. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Peace out. Yes, peace out for the troll under the bridge. Look in my eye. Don't be scared. Don't be shy. Come on in. The water's fine. I can't really uh, play the guitar very well um, or sing. So, you know, ap- apologies. Stunning 8K resolution meditation app In honor of the revolution It's half off at the gap Deadpool self-awareness Loving parents, harmless fun The backlash to the backlash To the thing that's just begun There it is again, that funny feeling, that funny feeling. There it is again, that funny feeling, that funny feeling. The Surgeon General's pop-up shop, Robert Iger's face. Discount at Agit Prop, Bugles take on race. Female Colonel Sanders, easy answer, civil war. The whole world at your fingertips, the ocean at your door. The live action Lion King, the Pepsi halftime show. 20,000 years of this, seven more to go. Carpool karaoke, Steve Aoki, Logan Paul. 
A gift shop at the gun range, a mass shooting at the mall. There it is again, that funny feeling. That funny feeling. There it is again, that funny feeling.